This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. For anything land-related, visit them online at mslandbank.com. Land Bank! 25 seconds left to play. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John! Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to him. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All righty. Hour number two has begun for you on this Friday. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance, hometown heroes. We stay connected to you here because of Seaspire, the number one network in Mississippi. Man, I got a great email this morning when I woke up. Uh, one of the first things I'll do on my phone when I wake up is check my email. And I had an email from Seaspire Fiber uh, to the home. I, it has a neighborhood name in there. I'm going to find it, uh, or, or if I can find it. <clears throat> but there's a, a, a basically it's an email to let me know that now we've had enough requests and signed up enough people in our neighborhood that they're about to start building and running that fiber internet into our neighborhood where we can get it. And that will be my internet provider. And buddy, I cannot wait uh, to get it here. It still might take uh, just a little bit for them to do the construction, but they're already kind of getting started. It won't be long. I'm signed up and man, I cannot wait. It'll be fast enough. We can go 4k on all these TVs and uploading and downloaded just like that. Cannot wait. So really looking forward to that. Hope you can get it to where you live. Hey, and how about this? I believe the doctor is in. Doctor! Dr. Brojo! Oh, excuse me. I was just <laughs> slamming one over bird. <clears throat> Were you? Yeah, I you sent said, you a pic. It's one of my uh, favorite pics of all time. Let me look at it here real quick. Did you text it to me? Is that what you did? I did, yeah. I texted <clears throat> it to you. Let's see. How about here. that slab of crappie, huh? Oh, yeah. Isn't that great? That was an amazing pick. Um, so on Twitter, he is VFL, the letter N, and then MS, which stands for Vol for Life in Mississippi. He's a Tennessee fan, whoever he is, because he's got little orange emojis out beside his name on Twitter. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yes, he sent me some pictures of these crappie that he's catching at the reservoir now. And I, and I wonder if he's fishing with Johnny Majors. You know, I don't know. Hey, and speaking of Johnny Majors, Johnny Majors coached one of the teams who is in my countdown of 100 teams in 100 days coming. I got three teams today. Right. 58, 57, and 56. And without giving it all away, in just a minute, we're going to knock all three off the list. Brought to you by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. But yeah, one of them, Hint, is a team formerly coached by Johnny Majors. It's interesting you bring that up. Okay, I'm looking at... I'm looking at your picture right now. 
And there is that is, not one of the most iconic <sighs> picks of all time? What a picture! When basketball was basketball. Well, and now the NBA stands for not basketball anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what is a double dribble? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what's really? a walk? What's a walk? what's a travel? Uh, Julius Irving, Doctor J, number six for your Philadelphia 76ers, dunking over Larry Bird and the Celtics at Boston Garden on that parquet floor. And I mean, look, here's the thing: I got to give Bird credit oh, because absolutely. in this photo, uh, brother John. He is a full two and a half feet off the ground. He's his wrist is above the rim trying to block this dunk attempt. But Julius, but Irvin, it's about halfway up his forearm. I, Julius's do, forearm. Doctor J, <laughs> his the top of his head is almost at rim level, about to throw it down. I mean, he was doing that kind of dunking before oh, yeah. anybody else was. Yeah. He and David Thompson were probably the most original dunkers. Yeah. And then there was a guy named Darnell Hillman who played for the Pacers in the ABA. Yeah. Yeah. It was just phenomenal. Yeah. They're real athletes. But just a, yeah, yeah, just a just a little pick from when basketball was basketball. And and a buddy of mine sent me a thing yesterday, a YouTube deal about the truth about Larry Bird and about how how mean and down low dirty he could get when he played defense on you. He was not a. He was not out there to make any friends. No, and I guess the thing that just is paralyzing to me about Bird because he was so talented was just that he was he was known as a, the best trash talker. In I know, world. isn't that something? Yeah, <laughs> guy like that, you wouldn't think has to. Maybe that was just yeah. part of his game. I don't know. Yeah, now Lambeer. Yeah, you can fear. Yeah, Bill Lambeer. I was gonna say, you know, it's a wonder. It it's a wonder that. Um, well, let's just put it this way. Their personalities, Bird and Lambeer, were a lot alike. Absolutely. And if Lambeer had been the scorer that Larry Bird was, we'd be talking about him the same way. But since he was just a, a, a defensive guy, <laughs> for right, the most part, right. you know, then he's the villain. Well, my nickname for him was back in the day was Bill Lame Beer. Yeah, Lame Beer. But it made Lame it fun. Beer. Oh, yeah, that's the thing about it. And, you know, Lambeer played for who? The Pistons. That's all yes. he That's it. He Bad and, boys. He and Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Rodman for a while and John yeah. Sally. And who was the other shooting guard out there that had the three-point stroke? Vinny. Vinny Thompson. Yeah, the, uh, the microwave. The microwave, absolutely. I mean, that team was together. And then you had the Pistons, Bird and... All though and DJ and that, that Pistons team that they were always together and Parrish and McHale and Ainge. I mean, it, you knew who was on their team year after year after year after year. And what was so different about that era is every team had it. Of course, Jordan and the Bulls. Okay. But also Patrick Ewing and the Knicks and Akeem Olajuwon and the Rockets and Dominique Wilkins and Spud Webb in Atlanta and Clyde the Glide in Portland. You know, oh, absolutely. All these teams, and they all. So every year, I'm turning it on, and not only do I have stars on every team, but I have big time rivalries in every game. Of course, Magic and the Lakers, and so Showtime. And look, those guys would never have considered their attitudes were so different. Oh, they would never have considered. Okay, I'm gonna leave here. And go join up with Magic in L.A. because then we could be a super team. 
Yeah, well, that's what was so cool. Did you watch the uh, the Jordan series that was on ESPN? I didn't even. I didn't even watch it. I didn't. Okay. Well, I mean that that was kind of my seminary have. days when I was really playing a little bit of semi pro ball. Yeah. And so you know when you when you play that you think you're better than you really are. <laughs> right. And um, so but I was just intrigued by all the backstories because I found out that I'd actually played against Dennis Rodman before. Really. I didn't know that because uh, there was something in the series that talked about southeastern Oklahoma State, and I lived in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, the first full-time church gig as a youth minister I had, and there was another guy there that had a group called K-Life, which is like Young Life. Uh-huh. Anyway, he was a baller, and there were there were about six or seven of us, and we put together a team and went down to Tulsa and played in the tournament one weekend, and we make it through our pool, and we're playing in the semifinals on Sunday afternoon. And we're playing this team from southeastern Oklahoma, and there's this just this really skinny kid, about six six. Uh-huh. And I've never been dunked on so bad in all my life. <laughs> I, I re- really, I mean, I played a lot great. of ball, but but that that dude, and he was all over the floor. And then the NBA draft, when the Pistons chose him, my buddy who was at the time then living in uh, Branson, Missouri. Yeah, I get a phone call on the landline, and he says. Frazier, you got to pick up and and watch the NBA draft. I said, why? He said, that dude we played against just got drafted by the Pistons. Wow. That's awesome. And that's who it was. That's who Uh, it was. Yeah. That's great. The worm. The worm. That was (laughs) pre-tattoos and earrings, I guess, most likely. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he just looked like a skinny kid. Yeah. With arms and legs. And and he was a nice guy. I think the reason that we recognize him, because – he just had that smile. Yeah. You know how Rodman has that Dennis Rodman yeah, smile? Yeah, he really does. Yeah. yeah. He's something so. else. Such a gutty player, too. Just phenomenal athlete, no doubt. Basketball players are the best athletes. That's all there is to it. Just end it. It's true. And I you know. Well, what about hockey players? No. Mm-mm. I mean, they may be tougher. They're certainly tougher. NBA players, a lot of times, they get poked in the eye and they roll around on the floor like you just shot them. <laughs> you know, they want four people to carry them to the locker room, Paul Pierce, so that they can have their moment running back onto the floor to applause. That's your that's your NBA, but they're the best athletes. Now, I know they can't go outrun Usain Bolt in the 100 or the 200. I, I'm not sure there's a bigger Usain Bolt fan in America than me. I'll sometimes, about three times a week, I'll pull up Usain Bolt running the 100 Watch it on YouTube, and it just motivates me. It doesn't take very long, does it? <laughs> it doesn't take long. <laughs> but still, I think, you know, pound for pound, not only speed, but jump, hands, hand-eye, everything. I'll go with, you know, basketball players as your best athletes. And, and in college once, uh, I was in, the, in an intramural game, and on the other team, Beaver will like this one, was Justin Jenkins, the former Pearl Pirate. Yeah. who was my teammate on the football team, receiver. He was a young guy. I was an old guy. Young Justin Jenkins, he's playing intramural basketball on the other team, you know, who became an all-SEC receiver, played in the NFL for the Eagles, and just a phenomenal person and a great athlete. Well, this is intramural basketball. We're two football players. He's on the other team. We could not stop him. He's six feet tall, six feet, six one. Could not stop him. That You're night, not competitive, though, are you? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> hyper but what i'm saying is couldn't stop him he hit every three-point shot he took he out jumped all of us he was faster than all of us he was a phenomenal basketball player justin jenkins was he could have scored 50 points that night had he wanted to 
And so the next day I was in the training room getting some treatment or whatever, and I was telling Paul Mock, our trainer in football, I said, hey, man, I played basketball against Justin last night. He is incredible. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, and I'm bragging on telling him. I said, I'm telling you, Paul, he could go play for our basketball team at Mississippi State right now. I'm telling you, he's that good. And there was a pause and a silence. And Paul said to me, Matt, I don't think you realize how good our basketball players are. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? He's right. Yeah, Yeah, he was a trainer for them as well. Well, and he's right. I actually was in that same intramural gym maybe sometime later. Now, was that at the 10 gym? No, not the 10 gym. The new one, the Sanderson gyms. Oh, okay. They had built those. And in walked, uh, you remember uh, Trey Moore? He was a point guard for Mississippi for our team. Well, Trey walks in. I'd always watched Trey play. I'd seen him in class, but I'm up close to him. He's on the edge of the court. Well, Trey is six foot four. He's as tall as me with longer arms. He's the biggest guy out there. But he runs, you know, he goes out there with the Mississippi State basketball team. He's the point guard because he's the smallest guy. <laughs> you know, so it kind of put it all into perspective for there me. Was, there were some pretty good guys that were on the on the uh, hardwood for the dogs back oh, then. Oh boy, um, Tyrone Washington. We were the same age. I remember Tyrone from Startville. He was a a part of that Final Four team. The young guy coming off the bench was a great guy. There's a lot of great players. All right. Um, Davini Equipment phone. Napoleon's been hanging on for a while. Napoleon, thanks for calling. What's up? Matt? Yo. Uh, uh, let me correct you on something. Okay. Joe Dumas uh, was the uh, point guard with Isaiah. Yes, and then, Joe Dumas, yes. And, my, and then Benny Johnson came in off the bench at, at, the, at the microwave. Okay, so he was a, he, he was a sub player. I and I said, I think I said Vinny Thompson. I didn't even say Vinny Johnson. I appreciate, I really appreciate the correction. Right. Well, and they were known as the Bad Boys, and they had to try to get past Chicago, and Chicago had to try to get past uh, um, Boston. Right. And that's it. for about three or four years. That's the way it was. Detroit couldn't get past Chicago, and Chicago couldn't get past uh, the Lakers until 1991. Right. I mean, get past Boston. And then well, Boston would wind up playing the Lakers. All right, and Napoleon. So you're you're obviously an NBA fan, and what I what I want to know from uh, you is uh-huh. the era that we are talking about now. That's the NBA that I grew up with of the '80s and '90s in that era. Okay, Compa- right. compared to the NBA that we have had for the last 20 years, from 2000 to 2020, which uh-huh. which those two eras, which do you prefer? The other one. And why is Magic that? Magic Johnson and Bird and all of them. These guys, they are good, but they're a little bit soft. Back then, them guys, when they blocked you, they blocked hard. When they elbowed you, they were putting their elbow in your head. And <laughs> they were a lot more physical. So I, But they were a lot more tougher. And I'm talking about, uh, and see, I was a Magic Johnson fan. From the day he went to the Lakers, mm-hmm. I was all Lakers fan. So, you know, yeah. I always appreciate them more like Clyde Dressler and all those cats, you know, to me they're a lot better than these cats. These guys are good, but they're not up under the rim and they don't fight up on the rim and they don't right. defend the rim and more like uh, most of these guys now want to shoot 35 feet, 40 feet out, that kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Those guys would take it to the hoop and knock you down or whatever. So I would say the 80s were much, 80s and the 90s was a lot more tougher than these guys are. Napoleon, for me personally, I was watching, and this was like 04, 05, the night that Paul Pierce um, fell out on the floor as if he had a major knee injury. Right. He held it. He rolled around. He yelled and screamed. They had about four people that hoisted him up and had to carry him to the locker room in the middle of the game. And literally, right. literally, five minutes later, he came sprinting out of the locker room and back onto the floor and was fine. There was nothing wrong with him. And when I saw that, I, I'm just thinking, even 10 years prior to that, if you go back to the mid-90s, when Jordan was still in the league and Isaiah Thomas was still in the league and Barkley was still playing and all these those guys would not have allowed their teammate to act like that. Exactly. You see, if he had got hit by uh, Daryl Dawkins, he wouldn't have got up anyway. <laughs> it would have been for real. <laughs> yeah, it would have been for real. See, that's what I'm saying back in those days. When them guys block you, they, it wasn't no faking it off and running back out there. If they took you off, you, you didn't come back into the next game. Mm-hmm. It so I, I, is different. I, I, There's no doubt it's different. Yeah, but I, I, I actually—I mm. was just going to say, but I'm so ready to watch sports that if they put them in a bubble in Orlando and play and put it on TV, I'm going to watch <laughs> every second of it. <laughs> well, I agree with you. We all kind of we we all sports junkies, and we kind of uh, what's the word? We kind of having a hangout, you know. Yeah. We mm-hmm. junking for a basketball game, so you know no I take whatever they got coming down the two. But I, <laughs> I just wanted to call you, let you know that it was uh, Joe Dumas and Vinny Johnson were the guys you were trying to think of. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much for the correction. Call me anytime. <laughs> All right, I enjoy calls, but I enjoy you uh, tripping. Thank you. <laughs> Have Appreciate a good one. It. You too, man. Call me anytime. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, I've forgotten. Joe Dumars, that's it. It was Dumars. They were loaded. Man, the Pistons were loaded back then. I tell you what, and you know good and well, I know it happens. Every time I get in this, I'm so invested in this conversation of reliving the days gone by of the NBA back when I loved it. (laughs) I'll be honest with you, I was the kid. There was a picture that my family, uh, we have a family group on Facebook, uh, on my Wyatt side of the family. And every now and then, a lot of my cousins and different folks, they'll post pictures they find in an old album or in a you know, drawer or something. And they're like, oh, look, this is Matt. And this is you know, Beth when she was little. Look at this picture. And they post it on there. Well, about two weeks ago, JB, they posted a picture of me. And I was about 12 to 13 years old. And I was already really tall. You know, I kind of looked older than that at that time. You're always big for your age. Yes. And I was standing in my grandmother's driveway, and I am not kidding you. I had on a pair of the old uh, Velcro, Velcro strap Converse. I wanted some of the Magic Johnson purple and, and gold, but I didn't have them, so they were just black and white Converse I had shoes. black and white ones. I had on a red and black windsuit that was the Atlanta Hawks. It had a Hawks logo on the hip and on the chest. And the hat I was wearing was the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> now, oh, my son! Think my about son that loved color the scheme. That is, that is, I had a, I had a Hornets hat as well, and my son fell in love with. He called it the bee hat. 
Yeah. And so got him one for Christmas one year. But you know those... what made a lot of people a Hornets fan was the Larry Johnson commercials when he was grandma. Yeah. Do you remember those? Oh, I do. What I were do. they advertising? Uh, it was a brand of tennis shoes. Mm. I think I it was remember. the Converse. I couldn't remember if it was Campbell's Soup or... <laughs> or if it was shoes or what it was. No, they were the shoes were called the weapons. Okay. And then Magic had the purple, uh, yellow, gold, yes. and, and white ones. And yeah. then uh, Bird wore the black and white ones. Yeah. I had a pair. Those things were heavy. They were heavy and big. Oh, and it's huge. You wear them yeah. two times and they stretch out. Yeah. And then they kind of flop around on your feet, you know. They didn't Did you have any of the anyway. pumps? Did you get the Reebok no, pumps? No, I didn't get the pumps. Look. I had a pair of those. The Wyatts, Joe and Susan weren't just keen on the idea of shelling out a hundred bucks for shoes back then. You know, yeah. it was, Hey, you need to just wear the ones you have. <laughs> that kind of sounds like my wife. Cause I was in the seminary at the same time and I came home with a pair of those hundred dollar shoes and she's like, she's teaching school and I'm working hourly wage at the at seminary in the aerobics center. <laughs> and she goes, That's we, we really don't have the money for these. I said, yeah. Well, baby, you got to look good. These are the new basketball shoes. Yeah, you get, that's what you think you have to look good. Jesse yeah. on the text line says, Larry Johnson also played his grandma character in an episode of Family Matters. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, growing up, I remember once I wanted an expensive pair of baseball shoes when I was maybe 11, 12 years old. And uh, they're like, nope. And so they took me to Walmart, and I got a pair of just generic shoes that had the little rubber nubbies on the bottom of them. And I was a little embarrassed by them, you know. They were really all we could afford. And I remember it kind of talking to it about, uh, talking about it with uh, my dad at some point. And he said, son, go play out there barefoot. You're going to be better than the other guys anyway. He said, and if you play well, it doesn't matter what shoes you're wearing. Man, I heard that story a million times yeah. growing up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my sister just reminded me on Facebook I'd get shoes and outgrow them in three months. And it really is true. That's how fast my feet grew. Hey, she seems like a nice lady. I've I've friended her up on the Twitter machine. Good. She is. Y'all stick around. Back in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Still a little ways to go with you here on this Friday. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let me give you a heads up. I'll be out next week. And then when we come back on Monday, July the 20th, it'll be me, the doctor, and you for three hours every day from uh, noon till three here on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Normal hours, if you listen at night in Vicksburg, on WVBG 1077 and 1490 Talk Radio. And if you watch the stream, you get an extra hour of that also. I guess I have to figure out a way to charge up the battery on the phone that we stream the show on during the show. Maybe just maybe that third hour I turn the stream off and sit down. I don't know if I can stand up every day for three hours just stand here in front of this microphone, but. We'll try it and see. Anyway, we'll be here with you on Monday the 20th, starting the new three-hour show uh, at that time. We'll, starting on the 20th, lead you right up to the start of the drive in the afternoons with Jake Wimberly and Beaver, starting at 3 o'clock. So 
six hours every day, Monday through Friday of local content here in the evenings and uh, looking forward to doing that with you. Real quick on the uh, country pleasing text line tip. He said, when I was at state, I was playing pickup basketball at the Sanderson Center. I got picked by Travis Outlaw to play on his team. It was the summer before he was drafted. My claim to fame is I got an assist to a first-round NBA pick, and he passed one to me, and I hit a three. That's really cool. That's really cool. And talking about shoes, Jason said that his sister cut her foot on a piece of glass that was laying in the yard one summer, and after that, they didn't care where their shoes came from. <laughs> I bet. Perspective. You gained a little perspective there. Y'all did. <clears throat> uh, that's one thing about basketball. It's a lot like golf in that you can just go play. And you could always find yourself playing with somebody who's like world class. You know, you can just walk onto a court. There's pickup games because there's a goal there. It's, it's not that way. You don't have pickup football games. You don't have pickup baseball games the same way. Basketball and golf. You could always find yourself playing with someone who right along beside someone who is really, really good. That's, uh, that's one of the cool things about it. Hey, one of the cool things about the show, at least if I do say so myself, that I think is pretty cool is our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days college football leading up to that first full uh, Saturday on September the 5th. We'll see if it happens in May not, but that's what we're counting it down to. Three teams today as we are 57 days away from September 5th. 100 teams. 100 days. The Countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties, a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155. Yeah, Matt Anderson with National Land Realty can help you buy or sell that piece of uh, property. It could be recreational property, timberland, uh, maybe that place with a nice patio or deck right on the water. Any of that. And with the land 360-degree interactive drone touring, Matt can help you to view that property without ever setting foot on it. And if you're selling, you get comprehensive internet traffic reports for your listing. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155. First up, team number 58. That's 5-8. On the countdown is Wazoo from Washington State. It's not bad at all. So who is the new head coach at Washington State? Anybody know? Y'all don't know who it is. <laughs> we know that Mike Leach left. He's now at Mississippi State. I like it. Nick Rolovich has been named the 33rd head football coach at Washington State. 40 years old, spent a total of eight seasons at the University of Hawaii, and previously he was the head coach at Hawaii. Prior to that, he was Nevada's offensive coordinator for four seasons, spent a couple of years coaching quarterbacks at the City College of San Francisco. You talk about a, a quick little rise there through his 30s, late 20s, and then through his 30s, he's at uh, 
City College of San Francisco, boom, he gets to be Nevada's offensive coordinator for four years, boom, goes to Hawaii and then becomes the head coach. Now he's the head coach at Washington State. So that's the new head coach over there. Washington State, what's their schedule? What's that Washington State schedule or what's it supposed to be? You know, that's another thing I, I guess I should mention is a lot of the countdown, what we do is we took a quick look at the early schedule for these teams, and now it does appear that, uh, you know, we're not going to have a typical early schedule. Washington State was scheduled or is at this point scheduled to open the season on Thursday night, September the 3rd, at Utah State. They are set to host Dana Holgerson's Houston Cougars in week two out there in Pullman, Washington. They've got Idaho on the schedule also. Um, now, this is not this Washington State team, but it is future. I think you all probably remember we talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago, but Washington State, Mississippi State added a future game with each other. 2030 and 31. The way things are going, none of us are going to be here to see it, right? That's what some people say. This depends on who you listen to. So that's team number 58. Well, today is actually 57 days from Saturday, September the 5th. If we can get there and play some football, that'd be great. We'll see. But today is 57 days. Team number 57 on the countdown. Presented by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty is Arizona. You know, I find, uh, real quick note here, Dr. Brojo, I find that in a lot of these fight songs, it's very easy to pick out the point in the song where they say their own name. Like, you can well, e easily see where they're going, Arizona! <laughs> and you, you you sing way better than I do. And But do you ever get to the point with fight songs where they just kind of all sound like the other ones? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I and mean, you, know you just what? go... You know they what? are. <laughs> if you've ever listened to a bunch, like you're talking about, you listen to a whole bunch of them, and you'll start to really be able to pick out the ones who do stand out among the crowd, like Michigan. Um, they to me, you know, the Michigan fight song, the hail to the victor, the hail to the, you know, it stands out, and that's one of the reasons. Of course, it's Michigan, but one of the reasons people like it and kind of stick with it over the years is because it stands out. Um, well, I like the little short pep songs. Uh -huh. like, oh, I know what like you're about. You mentioned Michigan. Like, they'll play a little bit, and they'll go, let's go blue, you know, that kind uh, of right. thing. Right. Or like the LSU Chinese Bandits. LSU at the yeah, end. Yeah, that's iconic, but I'm not sure. You, you said LSU who? Yeah, LSU. You're not an uh, LSU fan. You don't like <laughs> LSU, John? <laughs> well, let me just say this. All three of my children were born in Baton Rouge. Attaboy. Okay. Well, you do like it then. It's near and dear to your heart. Hey, the, uh, the USC deal, there's nothing like it to me. Now, I mm. like the Florida State, you know, war chant. Right. But this right here... 
And it's not their quote-unquote fight song, mm-hmm. but it's one of what you're talking about. Kind of a... Well, I would say that's the best college band in the land. Right. For hey. no other reason than they played on Fleetwood Mac's album. Too. Right. Danny said on YouTube that's not LSU's fight song. We never said it was. We said it was the <laughs> LSU Chinese band. It's not their fight song. We recognize that. We didn't say it was. Grammar police. Yeah. We don't, oh, they'll get you now. You start talking about music. It's like that uh, one time... Um, I got all the Beatles fans after me because I accidentally said we on Mondays we'd play that song from um, the Mamas and the Papas, right? Yeah. You know the Monday Monday. Monday Monday. Well, I played it one time and I said, "Who sings that? The Beatles." That's all I did, <laughs> and it was wrong. I didn't know, but man, you'd have thought. Well, I won't go into details, but <laughs> you'd have thought you said Jesus, what the the son, right? Right. You would have thought yeah. of. Um, okay, so back to Arizona. They are scheduled to be, get this, they are scheduled to begin the season on August the 29th against mm. Hawaii. We'll see if that happens. What do you think? Well, you remember the other day when you were talking about some of the top 100, you were talking about Fordham mm-hmm. and their canceled. third game, they were supposed to be at Hawaii. Right. Canceled. Yeah. Canceled their whole season. So that was not happening. Real quick, we're going to come back and do Team Number 56 uh, after the break. I'm trying to think other examples. I've got a bunch of the fight songs here, but other examples are the ones that stand out to me. And I've always felt like Auburn's fight song, which is War Eagle, me too. really me stands too. out. Um, but you're right. A lot of them, many, many. This experiment of playing their fight songs as we do the countdown does emphasize what you said, and that is most of them just blend together. You know, it's... Known by that school, but doesn't stand out to anybody else. So if you can get one that stands out, you have something right there. You got that right. Yeah. All right. Coming up, team number 56, another nugget of info to send you into the weekend. And, and that'll be it for the week. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. the home team they are your home team at farm bureau insurance across the great state of mississippi getting ready to wrap up the week with you right here still time for you to text or call love to hear your voice give me a shout or uh, text me call me on the divini phone divini equipment madison and in jackson 995-1059 hit me up on the text line it's 885 espn lots of folks commenting on facebook periscope and on the youtube live stream as well uh danny said, I think there's probably at least 20 high schools in every state that use the Notre Dame fight song. Danny's watching on the YouTube live stream. He also said, Rocky Top, a very noticeable song. You get tired of hearing it, though, when you play up there. And that's right. You do get tired of hearing it. But you're right. It is definitely noticeable. Because there may be some true Tennessee historians out there who can correct me, but 
Like, I don't know that it technically is the fight song, but it has become the fight song. Right? Because it's really a pop song, or was, sort of. And that goes out to our buddy Vaughn for Life in Mississippi over here who sent me pictures of these big slab crappie that he's catching today at the reservoir. Y'all want to see the pictures of his fish? I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter. Go check that out. Outstanding. Here's a good version of the same song. <laughs> this is the Osborne uh, Brothers version. I wish that I was on a down in the Tennessee hills. Now, whenever I hear that one, which ain't often. I think about those Vanderbilt frat boys who had a hoedown and a square dance out in front of their fraternity house that night they beat Tennessee in Nashville about three or four years ago. And all the Tennessee fans had to drive off campus right in front of them. And so they played this song on loop and the song would end and they'd go, what's next? And then it would start over again and they'd hoot and holler and just keep right on dancing. That was, right. that was a great scene. And, and I did mention the um, the Auburn one. I think Auburn's War Eagle is very, is very, it's noticeable. It doesn't blend in. It's really good. A lot of people feel like Mississippi State's fight song, Hail State, is another one of those that you remember it, words are a little different, and it doesn't necessarily blend in with all the others. What do y'all think? Of course, you know, as a state guy, it's near and dear to me. It's hard for me to judge it against others because I'm a little biased. That's the way it is. All right. So uh, enough of that. Let's see. Countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We got one more to do. Let's it's do it. 100 teams. 100 days. The countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties, a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155. Thank you, Annabeth. Team number 56 on the countdown is the Pitt Panthers from the ACC. All right. Let's go down... Uh, Dr. Brojo, I'm going down uh, memory lane here. Let's have a history lesson. Talk to me. On pit football. Well, gonna, I, I, that, that's the answer to your trivia question from earlier. Yep, that's it. You got it. Johnny Majors, <laughs> the former Tennessee coach, but before that he was the head coach at Pitt. And I, it seems like he went back to Pitt after Tennessee and coached one more time, but yeah, who it, followed him when he when he uh, after he left? That's what I'm getting at. That's what after my he man, left Pitt, who went there? My man is on the ball, y'all. 
<laughs> Johnny Majors uh, in the uh, early 70s, there for a decade, from early 70s to early 80s, it was Johnny Majors followed by Jackie Sherrill. All right, here's, here's the history lesson. It's going to sound like reading, but I'm a talker, and I'm supposed to keep it entertaining. I don't know if I can, and it's Friday. Y'all hang in there. Don't let go of the rope. Jackie Sherrill, an assistant under majors at Iowa State and Pitt, and was the head coach at Washington State, succeeded Johnny Majors as the head coach at Pitt. All right? Under Sherrill, they kept winning. They went 9-2-1 and two and one in his first year as the head coach and won the Gator Bowl in 1977. Okay, that was Coach Sherrill's first year at Pitt. Uh, the next year, 78, they went 8-4, and four, won the Tangerine Bowl. That was 78. I miss the Fruit Bowls, by the way. Don't you? You had the Tangerine Bowl, the Orange. Now we got the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. <laughs> you do definitely have a mayonnaise bowl <laughs> i mean what happened what happened i i heck man i used to make fun of it now i'd be happy to have the weed eater bowl back it'd be the better pool, than, but the pooling it'd be better bowl. than better than uh, mayonnaise <laughs> all right anyway uh cheryl started stockpiling nfl talent including dan marino mm. hall of fame inductee russ Grimm, and outland trophy here's a name for you outland trophy winner Mark May. All these people who wanted to know why Mark May is on your TV talking football. Like, why is this guy on here? Who is that? Well, he was a great player at Pitt and won the Outland Trophy. <laughs> and that's why. They had a nice player from uh, the state of Mississippi on that team as well, if yeah. my memory serves me correct. Yep. Mr. Green. Mr. Green. I call him Mr. because he's. You better call him Mr. I better call him Mr. <laughs> Be like Tyrone Keys. Mr. Keys, how are you doing? Hey, today? Mr. Keys. Hey, can I. <laughs> Can I yeah. carry your books for you? Uh, Cheryl, here's what it says. Listen to this. Cheryl also molded a devastating defense. That sound familiar? That was anchored at the defensive end position by Hall of Fame inductee Ricky Jackson and Heisman Trophy runner-up Hugh Green, who had the highest finish in the Heisman voting by a defensive player until 1997 when Charles Woodson, who also played receiver, won it. Now there's Shouldn't a pre- have won it. Shouldn't have won it. There's Shouldn't a piece of it. trivia that I didn't know. Yep. Now, Hugh Green, where was he from? Natchez? Natchez. Natchez. Played at North Natchez High School. Okay. In other words, he's big time. Now, tell me yeah. this. Yeah. How in the yeah, world talk. Jackie Sherrill Did he get away from Mississippi? Played, I mean, he played at Alabama, Jackie Sherrill did. He's coaching at Washington State, of all places. He gets the job at Pitt and goes to Natchez, Mississippi, and signs Hugh Green. Explain that to me. Um, the only, <clears throat> well, the only possible way I could think of it back then was they just had a little more green for <laughs> Mr. Green. Ding. We got to get a button. My little, uh, the little ding. Every time you throw a pun in there, that's really good. Well, we'll I'll start to see if I can get on the ball with that. Um, okay. Let's see. 1979 at Pitt for coach Cheryl began a string of three straight seasons with 11 and one records. Okay, but an early loss at North Carolina in 79, uh, a midseason loss in a rainstorm against Florida State in 1980, a devastating season-ending loss to Penn State in 81, prevented those teams from winning an AP or coaches poll national championship. The 81 loss to Penn State 
at Pitt Stadium, this says, was especially devastating as the number one ranked Pitt Panthers had opened up a 14-0 first quarter lead and uh, only to see an apparent Dan Marino touchdown pass intercepted in the end zone. Yep. The I, Nick- I watched that game. You did? Uh, yeah, I was, that was my senior year in high school, and I, was, I, I, I wasn't that big of a Pitt fan other than just love Tony Dorsett, love, mm-hmm. loved Marino, and love Hugh Green. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't stand Penn State. They were just one of the schools that I didn't like. Yeah. And I was hoping really to see them uh, get beat. And, and you remember seeing Alabama beat Penn State in about 1989? 79, 79 yeah. yeah. But then again, yeah. late 80s, maybe about a decade later. Right. Um, that, that to me is equivalent of what the Alabama team did to Notre Dame in the national championship uh, I mean, a few years right. ago. Yeah. Listen, Pitt, Pitt football – also has a tie-in as to why I am named Matt. Oh, I know who that is. My mother admitted. I know exactly she who you're was, talking about. She Matt was, Cavanaugh. Uh-huh. See, I was born in December, and that fall, she and my dad were watching the Pitt Panthers on TV in the fall of 76, and the quarterback at Pitt was named Matt Cavanaugh, and she admitted that they thought, you know, that's a pretty, that's a good name for a boy, Matt. <laughs> and that's kind of where it came from. And then it was, then it turned into Matthew because my dad was a pastor, I think. Of course, that's what everybody did, right? And I could, I will see y'all again here on the radio on Monday, July twentieth, for our first three-hour show. And between now and then, I can give you a clue. My middle name starts with the letter J, and it's four letters. And you can think about it from now until then, and you'll never guess what it is. Let's put it that way. (laughs) What about sending you out on that? JB, good to talk to you, man. Hope you have a good week next week. I look forward to working with you starting on the 20th. Me too, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. you. For everybody else, he's Dr. Dr. Brojo, Brother John. I'm Matt. We'll see you all then. I'll just stay here and lick the cat's butt, apparently. Beaver, I didn't know you were still there, Beaver. I had no idea you were still in there. Yeah, he's done a great job, man, and he's been a big help to me getting me ready. Beaver, I I thought you were gone. I didn't know you were there. I love you, Beaver.